0: Chica Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we continue our reflections uh, during this season of Easter, this sixth Sunday of Easter in the Gospel of John. Two weeks ago, we were reflecting into Christ as the Good Shepherd. Last week, it was Christ as the True Vine. Those great phrases, I am the Good Shepherd and I am the True Vine. Well, this evening, we have the opportunity to, and really the privilege to reflect into the importance of our friendship with Christ. I am flying solo today, so if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to email me at -at j-h-o-l-l-j-m-j-at-yahoo.com, or you can always go to my website at johocraft.org and just hit the contact link button there and send your email on its way. So, with that, John chapter 15, verses 9 to 17, and again, this is Uh, about friendship with Christ. John 15, verses 9 to 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this he may give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. Amen. So in today's gospel text from John, we hear those powerful words, I do not call you servants any longer, but I have called you friends. You see, my dear friends, we are not useless servants, but first friends. The Lord calls us friends. He makes us his friends. He gives us his friendship. There are no secrets between friends. Christ tells us everything he hears from the Father. He gives us his full confidence, and with confidence, also knowledge. He reveals his face to us, his heart. He shows his tenderness for us, his passionate love that goes to the folly of the cross. There is nothing that he holds back. And so when we call Jesus our friend, what we are made to see and understand here, my dear friends, is the importance of what he is disclosing. Everything. And it is in this context that our friendship with Christ becomes, well, what we can call an adventure. The great adventure into the inexhaustible mystery that is the inner life of God and his love. So it is out from such a friendship that one can begin to understand the call of what it means to serve, right? And you know, I was reading uh, John Paul II earlier this week, and you know, back in 1981, in an address to the Philippines, he spoke powerfully to the meaning of friendship and the priority of how our friendship with Christ forms and informs our service. He said this, My dear friends, friendship is a word that we all like but the reality it points to is far more beautiful. Friendship indicates sincere love, a two-way love that wishes everything good for the other person, a love that brings about union and happiness. It is no secret that the Pope loves young people like you and that he feels immensely happy in your company. It is only right that it should be so. He is the vicar of Christ and must therefore follow Christ's example. I love this. The Gospel records the intensity with which Jesus offered his friendship to each one of his disciples. It was on the basis of this friendship that Jesus set before his young friends the mission that was assigned to them. Like Jesus, I would like to speak to you of your own special vocation. And here John Paul II went on to speak to the importance of the young people establishing a friendship with Jesus Christ. And out from that, they will better understand their mission to be servants of Jesus Christ. So what we have in this address from John Paul II is not only a definition of friendship as the sincere gift of mutual love that wishes everything for the good of the other person, but also words of insight that help us better understand friendship with Christ as the key to all evangelization and catechesis. Before the apostles themselves were able to teach on matters of the Christian faith, they needed to be called first what? But his friends. Only after spending time with Jesus on a daily basis and experiencing his quote-unquote intense love were they ready to proclaim the gospel to the world in both word and deed. Essentially, we could say, my dear friends, the church was built upon the one-on-one personal encounter between friends, starting with Christ and the twelve. And for all of us who are serious about taking up Our discipleship in Christ, what we are made to see is friendship is the locus of this, the center of this. And our own friendships, they can be built up by contemplating the life of Christ in prayer, the reading of Scripture, and the sacramental life. This foundation is our assurance that our friendships are building up the kingdom of God and directing us towards a more authentic expression of what it means to be a friend. It is worth noting when you go into the history of the church that we have seen the church grow and expand through sacrificial friendships. From St. Basil the Great and St. Gregory of Nazianzen, we spoke to those two figures in our night devoted to the great Christian thinkers, or to the deep spiritual ties of uh, the saints of Assisi, St. Francis and St. Clair. How about the unique bond between St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila? This is only a sampling of how friendships have led to the transformation of just not individuals, right? But larger communities. So, as we just noted, authentic friendship is about the sincere gift of self, which makes perfect sense, by the way, when you consider what the word authentic means. You know, the Greek is authentikos, which literally translates as original, genuine, or principle. The idea here is that our friendships are genuine when they discover the original meaning of its expression, a love that binds. You know, G.K. Chesterton once said that the nature of love binds itself. So often today, friendships are often simply uh, exterior happenings, focused on things to do, maybe going to the movies, shopping, going out for a drink, and so on. As outings in of themselves, They can serve a good and be uplifting, but it is when such material outings become the exclusive point of our interaction that they cease to build up authentic friendships. Friendships that have that lasting power because of its power to bind. Authentic friendships are focused on the other, on the person. The binding that occurs in friendships is a binding of persons. Consequently, we discover The true beauty of friendships when they are rooted in the personhood of the other in a spiritual way. If you go to the book of Sirach, chapter 6, we read a beautiful testimony to this. So it is no wonder, of course, that Christ placed friendship at the heart of his mission. What were the words that we just read? No greater love can be found than when a man lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you to do. Essentially, in Christ's headship, our friendships will begin to take their proper shape and form full of integrity and without guile. And as Proverbs seventeen seventeen reminds us, only Christian friendships prove themselves over time. It was the great English thinker C.S. Lewis in his insightful work, The Four Loves, that we were introduced to the relationship between friendship and sacrifice. In his work, Lewis was keen to make all of the necessary connections and distinctions between the four classic loves. Eros, that consummated human erotic love. Uh, Sorge, the familial love. Philia, that love of friendship. And agape, divine love. As Lewis draws out, all loves are fully realized when they discover what but the map of divine love, the love that is sacrificial. And of course, this is what we see on the cross, the everlasting icon of what friendship is all about. That fraternal love, that friendship love of philia needs agape, because friendships need sacrifice. I mean, without sin, this sacrificial love would be natural and would occur without effort. However, because of sin, it takes effort on our part, along with an abundance of God's grace if we're ever going to reach the ideal of what Christian friendship is about, we have to overcome our weaknesses, lean into God's grace, and consequently learn the language of sacrifice. Because it is only when friendships discover the dynamism of willing the good of the other in a selfless and self-giving way that they mature in Christ. I mean, if friendships are going to, as the saying goes, and double our joys and divide our sorrows, then they must rise to the heights of Christian love. Benedict Sixteenth, in his work, Charity in Truth, uh, reflects upon an aspect of friendship that I think is so important. He focuses in on how it alleviates the poverty of loneliness that wreaks havoc on the soul. He stated that one of the deepest forms of poverty that a person can experience is isolation which is caused by not being loved or from the difficulties itself of being able to love here he echoes the words of mother teresa who once said the greatest poverty is the absence of love so for the sake of overcoming this poverty of isolation this poverty of not being loved. We must rekindle that sense of what it means to be unselfish in our friendships. We must rekindle what our Lord was saying in uh, this evening's gospel, specifically this need to lay down our life for our friend. Far too many people are suffering from a kind of seclusion that lends itself to depression that easily erodes the soul, and it stems from not being loved. There is great power in the act of love. There is great power in a love that draws two people together, and this is what we are to discover. Authentic friendships call for an increase in a true awareness of other. I mean, how often have we heard it said, she made me feel like I was the only person in the room, or he made me feel like I was the only person in the room, This kind of person, I believe, has a deep sense of what it means to be a genuine friend. Because this person is aware of others in a selfless and self-giving way. With one of the great attributes of a true friend, awareness, I believe, my dear friends, we can eradicate this world of that deeper poverty, that poverty of loneliness. And we can do it one person at a time. We can also say, as we reflect into this, that authentic friendships is a participation and a sharing in the very life of the Trinity, the origin of all friendships. What do I mean? Well, the Trinity at its center can be viewed as the eternal friendship that exists between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. How? Well, think of it. If you are a faithful listener to this program, We have dealt with the Trinity a great deal, and we have defined it in its most simple terms this way The Trinity is love given, love received, love shared. It is the eternal friendship. It is the foundation to the love based truth that exists in all friendships. Man was formed in the image and likeness of the Trinity, and therefore is defined by how he reflects the social dimension of the Trinity, the language, of friendship is ordered to how it reflects the kinship shared between the Father and the Son, that most profound expression of agape, that divine sacrificial love. What we have, my friends, in Philippians 2 verses 6 to 11, is something so profound and so rich. When Paul is writing to the church of Philippi and he says, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, took the form of a slave, and was obedient unto death, the death on a cross. In those Verses. And in those words, we have an insight into the inner life of the Trinity. And that insight is what love is all about agape, sacrificial. And when we base again our friendships in this sacrifice, indeed, we are speaking the language of God fluently. And so it is. We are to live in the gift of the Trinity and ultimately share the selfless love that is in the Trinity. Remember what we are given at baptism, and in turn confirmation. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, what is the Holy Spirit? It is the love shared between the Father and the Son. This is what I was just speaking to. So to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit is to receive the love shared between the Father and the Son. And when you consider carefully what this love is all about, you see that the love we share in is made to be sacrificial. And what can we say of the Eucharist? The great Eucharistic mystery. Is this not a banquet of friendship with God? In the Eucharist, our sacrificial friendships are given their proper bearing and true origin. As the Eucharist gives meaning to our work, family, suffering, faith, and ultimately life, it points towards what real fellowship ought to be about. Labor, interpersonal communion, sacrifice, adhering to God's role in in our friendships, and ultimately what is life-giving? Christ. In this sense, we can call uh, the Eucharist the sacrament of friendship. Abiding in the Eucharistic presence, my friends, enables us to participate more profoundly in the building up of the kingdom of God. So important. John Paul II adds that drawing from our friendship with Christ, in Christ, we can confront, and I love this, the suspicion and distrust that poisons human relationships with minds open to generous ideals that can aid in restoring the beauty of human relationships. Thus, my dear friends, we can begin to see the foundational need to restore our friendships in Christ to better establish the integrity that belongs to all Christian friendships. That sincere gift Of ourselves to our friends. What's more, authentic friendships encourage, by their very nature, evangelization of the heart. It was in this context that Pope Francis called for a spiritual accompaniment, a phrase I have touched upon before. Again, if you are a listener to this radio program, you might be familiar to this phrase. This is a phrase that speaks to this call we have to journey with one another, reflecting our closeness and our compassionate, as Pope Francis puts it, our compassionate gaze, which also heals, liberates, and encourages growth in the Christian life. He goes on in Joy of the Gospel to say this, and I just love this piece that comes to us from this great exhortation of Pope Francis. The gospel tells us to correct others and to help them to grow on the basis of recognition of the objective evil of their actions, but without making judgments about the responsibility and culpability. Someone good at such accompaniment does not give in to frustration or fears. He or she invites others to let themselves be healed, to take up their mat, embrace the cross, leave all behind, and go forth ever new to proclaim the gospel. Our personal experience, the Pope says, of being accompanied and assisted and of openness to those who accompany us will teach us to be patient and compassionate with others and to find the right way to gain their trust, their openness, and their readiness to grow. Mm, I love that. My dear friends, for this reason, friendships are instrumental to our service to one another, and the larger picture of how we evangelize in our relationships. Friendships and personal accompaniment need good listeners. What do I mean? To listen is to be obedient to what is proper to any dialogue. Remember that the word obedience means to listen, right? A kind of listening where we allow the words, the intent, and the very reality of the other to make its way into our mind and heart, being mindful that also the word dialogue again comes from the Latin, another piece I've spoken to before, from the Latin dialogos, which has at the heart of its meaning a truth being discovered in light of the listen-response relationship. Here, we ought to appreciate the importance of the listening ear in any dialogue, right? Because ultimately, this is what brings to fruition— those beautiful conversations that draw us into the way, the truth, and the life. My dear friends, this is essential. This listen-response relationship. Why? Well, do we not have the propensity <laughs> to want to get in what we have to say in any given conversation? Certainly being one of 11 kids, I'm very familiar with this. Listening is an art because it challenges us to let go of what we think needs to be said and calls us to be open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. What we ought to say based upon what we hear, this kind of dialogue becomes an art in that art unveils the potential of something new and beautiful to be encountered. My dear friends, the Holy Spirit desires to work something new and beautiful out from our conversations for the greater glory of God. We just have to be willing to listen, which is more than hearing, but an openness of heart so that indeed something new and beautiful will be encountered. When we listen to everything that the other person has to say, we are then able to respond appropriately, right? Essentially, each and every individual that we meet must have, as Pope Francis says it, the experience of being listened to and understood Then they will know that their particular situation has been placed before God and that God's Word really speaks to their lives. The end result here, my friends, is that such conversations lead to new questions, and new questions lead to new beginnings. So our task then is to entrust to Christ's care all that we are in our friendships Then we will be better prepared to evangelize our homes, neighborhoods, and the variegated world of sports, music, government, media, art, literature, and so on. You know, we spoke to John Paul II earlier. Is he not one of the finest examples we have within the history of our faith in the area of friendship and evangelization? A man whose message was about the personal encounter, the legacy of his long running papacy was the willingness to reach beyond Vatican City and touch the lives of millions of people by way of what? But the personal encounter. His travels in so many ways were the very embodiment of his message, the message of the new evangelization, the message that is one by one, through the personal encounter, we can evangelize the marketplace. One of the lasting images Of John Paul II's impact upon the world were the days soon after his death. The number present at his funeral counted in the millions. Every walk of life from every country did not miss their chance to say goodbye to John Paul II. One of the many present in Rome to say his goodbye was the late Father Michael Newhouse, then chief editor of the popular magazine The First Things, And while he was in the Eternal City to bid farewell to John Paul II, Father Newhouse kept a diary of his many observations that he would later record. And he writes this. I love this. These have been the days that tax superlatives, their events, beg for words. It is reported that four to five million people have journeyed to Rome to say goodbye. More than twice the population of the city itself. One hesitates to say that anything is historically unprecedented, but it seems certain that never in human history have so many from so many places in the world gathered to pay their final respects. He went to the world and the world came to him. At the funeral, more than 100 nations were represented. With all the presidents, monarchs, prime ministers, and other dignitaries, security was not conspicuous. John Paul II was a universal figure building up the universal church one soul at a time. He left the Vatican to evangelize the hearts of persons, and those persons came to Vatican City to say goodbye to him. It could be said that John Paul II's papacy became a flagship to the meaning of that interpersonal communion, to the meaning of that friendship that we heard from today's gospel. A pope that has been defined by his civic friendship, his solidarity with the world. Indeed, saw the world call him his friend. We can be assured that every person that bid farewell to John Paul II was touched by Christ. I suppose this is why Billy Graham once said, John Paul II, and I love this line, now there is a man who knows how to pope. Now there is a man who knows how to pope. When one reflects upon the life of John Paul II and the many that have followed Christ, we can understand why physical presence is so necessary in the building up of the kingdom of God. My dear friends, what more could be said on this topic? Well, let me say this, and this will be a closing thought. As friendship is a relationship that involves the sharing of mutual interests, reciprocity, trust, and the revelation of intimate details over time and within specific contexts. True friendship depends on mutual revelations and can only flourish within within the boundaries of privacy and modesty. Today, we have this rapid increase in the attention we spend to all of the social media and social networking. On social networking sites, There is a concept of public friendship, which is not the friendship I'm deeply concerned that Jesus was talking about in the gospel. Online relationships can lead to a kind of systemic desensitizing of what friendship is all about. While we are not called to remove ourselves from all of the social networking, let us remember that God did his best networking in person and continues to do so in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, in some of our social networking, we expose everything. But do we feel anything? Let us be sure that we are entering into the deeper sense of what it means to be a friend. That sense that is revealed on the cross. That sense that points to sacrifice. The problem with social networking, social media, Facebook, tweeting, and all the rest— is that it is, by its nature, impersonal. It can never accomplish what the physical encounter can accomplish. And by that, I mean tone of voice, body language. We were speaking to the importance of a listening earlier. Well, in a Facebook post, a tweet, or a text, can we really listen to the person on the other side? So let us shoot for the physical presence that our friendships are being built up as Jesus Christ has prescribed. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.